Okay, today's learning should be for Zechanishmas Gila Bashloim and Leib Asafrayim, Yitzchak Ben Chaim Halevi, Yaakov Ben Shagafag Halevi, Sar Leib Ashmol Tzvi, Yachon Ben Pesach, Dvar Yitzchak Ben Yeshua, and Rabbi Ben Rav Baruch, and Rafu Shlemi Yehudis Bas Miriam. So we're going to pick it up from Daf Samech Amit Beis. We're up to the bottom line. The Mishnah had mentioned certain things that are for Darki Hashalom. One of them, meaning that it's not biblically really a thing, but for Darki Hashalom, one of them was if I catch fish, you're not allowed rabbinically to steal the fish from my trap. Meaning it's not biblically Geneva or Gezela, but Darki Hashalom for peace, it's not a good idea, and Chazal outlawed it. So it says the Gemara, on the bottom line of Samach Amid Bez, the Gemara says, Amir, uh, Be'uzli v'uhari which is that if you made traps or nets everyone agrees that uh, that's actually Geneva Deraisa meaning why is it only Geneva Derabonon because let me just say it outside if you're talking about a situation, right? We just started. If uh, just started, if you're talking about a situation where the uh, the fish is in a trap, like engulfed in my trap, then my trap, which are my vessels, acquire it. Kinyan chotzer. Then those fish are actually mine. So if let's say I have like a small little trap, like a think of it like a squirrel trap, right? You have a box, and the squirrel goes in, and it gets caught. If you take the squirrel from my trap, that's not an Isidera Bonan, that's Gzela Deraisa, because it's caught in my domain. So what are we talking about? Kipligi, the whole Machloikis, Tanakam and Rav Yossi, and I'll explain what the Machloikis is in a second. But that situation where it's only a rabbinic uh, Gneva is Belechi Vikukri. Belechi Vikukri means um, hooks and cords. What, what it means is instead of having the fish actually caught on in my net or in my trap, what they would do is they would sort of have a small area of the river where I would use blockades to make it like a small little pool and all the fish would be stuck in that little pool, maybe a five-foot pool. That's a situation where it's not technically mine biblically because I didn't make a Kenyan on it. But if you take it, it's considered Geneva, it's considered a rabbinic problem because of Dark Yashol. So that's the situation. Now, the Tanakam and Rav Yossi discuss two, they, they say two different Lashonis. Tanakama says that it's a problem rabbinically because Darki Yashalom because of peace. And Rav Yossi says it's Gezel Mamish, Gezel Gomer. But the, the way the Gemara explains it, even Rav Yossi doesn't actually believe that it's biblically Gezela. He also means rabbinic zela. They both mean it's rabbinic zela. Tanakama says it's rabbinic zela because of dark yasholim. Rav Yossi says rabbinic zela because of gezel gomer. What's the difference between these two views? They both agree that it's only rabbinic. So it says the Gemara Amar Chizda gezel gomer midarem. Chizda explains that when Rav Yossi says it's gezel gomer, he means rabbinic gezel gomer. So they both agree it's rabbinic. So Lamein Afkamina, what's the difference between the Tanakama and Rav Yossi if they both feel that it's rabbinic? The machlekes is, do we coerce you to give it back? Meaning, you come into my, I made a small little fish pond and I forced the fish into a certain area and the fish went in there and you stole it. You took the fish from there. So according to Tanakama, you were over in this or Gzela de Rabbana. No. Okay, Asha, you'll have to be punished. But we're not making you return the fish. Rav Yossi says, no, it's Gezel Gomer Medivreim. It's Rabbinic Gezela and you're coerced and we force you to return the fish. So the machlekes 
So the machloikas between Rav Yossi and the Tanakama is not, everyone agrees it's the Rabban and Gezele. The question is, do we force you to return the object? Rav Yossi says yes, the Tanakama says no. Then the Mishnah said that if I'm an Oni, yeah, so I go to the top of an olive tree, there's some olives left over for Lekat Shechupeya, there's some olives left over, Matnas Aniyim, and I want to go get it. So I climb up the tree with a saw, and I start cutting down some of the olives, and they're falling to the ground. You're an Oni also, you're hanging out under the tree eating them. That's a rabbinic gazela. Again, even though I, I never made a kinyan on it, but I went up the tree to get them. So Chazal felt that that was a rabbinic zela. Says the Gemara Tanya, Imlikit biyad gomer. Oh, when is it only a rabbinic zela when I didn't acquire the olives? I just knock them off the tree with a branch or with a saw, whatever. But let's say I go to the top of the tree, I pick them up, I pick them one by one, and I drop them, pick them one, drop them, pick them one. Then, in such a case, then it's a gazela de raisa, because when the person grabs it with his hands, he makes a kinyan chazaka, he makes a kinyan on it, now it's mine, and I'm putting it down, then you're stealing, that's your mom is stealing. By, by taking them by hand, you acquire them, and therefore... I guess it's a, yeah, it's a kinyan. I think it's called a kinyan chazak, a kinyan yad. The point is, if you actually took the olives by hand and then put them down under the tree, that's considered biblically yours. And then if a person takes from it, he's not over an iser gzela de Rabbanan, but rather an iser gzela of deraisa. Says the Gemara, a story that backs this up. Rav Kahana have a kazal hutzel. Rav Kahana was traveling to Hutzel, a city. Chazal Gabra, he saw a certain man, that he was throwing sticks at a palm tree. The Konatri Tamri and and the and the dates were falling. So if Kana went and took some of the dates under the tree. Now, by the way, right off the bat, that's already an Isidar Abonan. Why he wasn't concerned with the Isidar Abonan, it's a Shaila. Um, so if you look at Tysus, Tysus I think is bothered by this. Tysus says, um, Meaning, what Rav Kahana did was he took the dates from under the tree, which is already an Isidur Abban. Now let's finish the story, maybe we'll get to Tais's answer. So this says the Gemara, the poor person said down to Rav Kahana from the tree, you, you, I threw those dates down by hand, meaning... The dates that you're getting were not knocked down by a stick. I actually went up to the tree and picked them up by hand and put them down. So that's Gzela de Raisa, not the Rabbana. So Amrle Rivkana was so impressed that this Ani knows the halachas, that if you go and pick it by hand, it makes a Gzela de Raisa, as opposed to knocking it down, which is not Gzela de Raisa. He says, Oh, you must come from, you must come from Rav Yoshia's city, because Rav Yoshia was a big Tamachacham, and he taught people halacha properly. So he said, the fact that you know these halachas so well must be you come from Rav Yoshia, who is the Rav of Hutzel, and Kari Oleha, and Rav Yoshia said, Rav Kana said, Rav Yoshia, it's Tzadik Yisoyed and he's a Tzadik Yisoyed now, okay, so it's an interesting story. It shows you that he wasn't that upset. He realized he made a mistake, okay? But what's interesting is that he uh, he, would took, he was willing to take the dates when it was knocked down by a tree, knocked down by a branch, even though that's Dark Yashal. So Taisus says, Okay. Okay, so Taisus has an answer that he, he thought that the person was not intending to knock down the fruit. Okay, but Bekitzer, that was the story. So he went up, and the Ani actually had taken it by hand, making it a Kenyan Dairaisa. Just to finish up the Sukhi before we get to the Mishnah, the Mishnah then said that for Darki Hashanah, we allow poor Goyim 
to take like a shechupeya for uh, kiddush Hashem purposes. We give financial benefit to Goyim, just like Jews. And when we visit the sick of the Goyim, just as we visit the sick of the Jews, and we provide burial for dead Goyim, not in the same... not in the same cemetery. You don't bury Goyim in a Jewish cemetery, but it means that we, we, we're, when we're in charge of the city and a, a non-Jew dropped dead and there's no one to bury, we bury for him. All these are to make peace, to make Kiddush Hashem and to foster peace between the Jews and non-Jews. Okay, now new Mishnah. Now this Mishnah is very interesting. It's going to be basically one like chain of thought. The Gemara will have one stream of consciousness from here until the end of the daf. It's very interesting. The Mishnah talks about the following concept. We've been talking about Darki Ashalem, avoiding peace, avoiding fights, making peace. The Gemara says the following halach. Let's read it inside very slowly. Let's say you have a friend who's not religious, and she is someone that does not keep the laws of Shemitah properly. So some of her fruit and vegetables is going to be shmita fruit and vegetables that should not be eaten, right? There's a certain point in the year after Zaman beer that you're not supposed to be consuming it anymore, or she's been selling it. She does not keep the laws of shmita properly. And she has grain in her house. The halacha is, you're allowed to lend her. The, 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 the issue the mission is dealing with is lifne ibrilositin meshal means you're not allowed to help someone do an avera. On the other hand, when someone asks you for help and you say no, it causes fights. So how do you re- how do you balance those two things? The Mishnah says, If you have a friend who violates the laws of Shvius, you're allowed to lend her nova v'kivra v'richaim etanur. I can le- lend her a sifter, a sieve, an, a, a hand mill to grind the grain, and an oven. I could lend her all those things, even though I know that there's a good chance she is going to be using those tools to prepare a Shemitah fruit, which is not allowed. Why? Because I'm not directly involved with the action. I'm just giving her the item. So Lifna Iver is probably not Deiraisa. And it'll cause fights if I don't. So for Shalom, it's going to be okay. Fine. But you're not allowed to grind with her. Meaning... She wants to borrow the mill. That's fine, because maybe she'll use it, maybe she won't. Okay, it's not my not concern. What she does with it is her problem. But she wants me to grind with her. She asks for help. Hey, can you help me grind grain? I can't grind grain with you. Because that's actually being involved in the preparation of an Avera. That's Lifna Evil actually. Okay. Now, fine. Now, yeah, fine. So that's the halacha. So they want to borrow, uh, they're preparing shemitah, uh, grain for shemitah, which is not allowed. Uh, I'm allowed to lend her a sieve because I'm not involved, but I can't grind it with her. Cannot. Fine. Then look at the Mishnah Ba'itah. You have a woman who's from, she's an Ashes Chaver. She's makbid on the laws of Trumas and Meisers. She has a friend who's not makbid on the laws of Trumas and Meisers. She's an Amaaretz. Nafa Vikivra. I'm allowed to lend her a sifter and a sieve, same halacha, okay, even though she's not careful, the laws of Chumas Maisus, which means her fruit has tevel, her fruit and vegetables are not separate Chumas and Maisus properly, I'm allowed to lend her a sieve, so far so good, but now it takes it a step further, you can even grind and sort and prepare the food with her, 
Now that's strange. By Shemitah, we said you're not allowed to do it with her. You're not allowed to grind it with her. But by an Amaretz, you are. So right off the bat, you could already see the question is, what is the difference between Shemitah, where you're not allowed to actually do the preparation with her because Lif Neiver, but by Meiser, you are allowed to, even though it should be the same Lif Neiver. You have a woman who's not careful with the laws of Trumas and Meisers, which means that her apples are not separated. Uh, they're Tevel. I'm allowed to make apple pie with her. To help her make her apple pie, that should be the exact same halacha. It's lif naiva. You can't actually facilitate and be involved in the food prep. Why by shemitah is it not allowed, but by amaritz it is allowed? Okay, we'll put that aside. And then the Mishnah says, Once the wife of the amaritz adds water to the mixture, to the grain, to the flour, so now once it has water, we know that now it's susceptible to tuma. Now you can't touch it. So meaning like meiser and truma. Okay. Not, not, not Tuma. Once it's already susceptible to Tuma, you can't be involved with it because she's going to touch it and make it Roy Lutuma. Because we don't want to actually help someone do an Avera. And all the leniencies about lending them items is to make peace. But you can't actually be involved in the Avera itself. Okay? Then to finish up the mission before we address the problems, you could lend support to to Goyim who not, do not keep the laws of Shemitah. So let's say you have a guy who doesn't keep the laws of Shemitah and he wants to make an apple pie uh, with Shemitah fruit, that's fine. Why? Because Goyim don't have to keep the laws of Shemitah. They're not obligated. So because they're not obligated, there's no problem. There's no living either. Avaloi yidei Yisrael, but you're not allowed to help a Jew. Okay, so that's just a repetition. And you're allowed to say hello, hello to a guy. And the Gemara is going to analyze, even though when you say Shalom, it's the name of Hashem, that's fine. For peace. Now here's the kasha. Let's start the Gemara. The kasha is very obvious. I mentioned it in the Mishnah, but I'll repeat it again. The Mishnah said you're not allowed to grind and sift with a woman who does not keep Shemitah. You're not allowed to grind and sift with her. Why? Because she's you're helping her do an Aver. But you are allowed to grind and sift with a woman who's an Amaretz. Even though her fruit is also doesn't have, it's not Shemitah, it's a Trumas Amaretz problem. What's the difference? What's the difference? So the Gemara says, Why is it that you're not allowed to assist those that do Shemitah, but you are allowed to assist those that don't keep the laws of Shemitah and Meisus? What's the difference? So Abayis is very simple. Abayis is very simple. Most people that are Amaratsim separate Shemitah and Meisus. Meaning, the whole concept that when someone's in Amaratsim, you have to separate Shemitah and Meisus whenever you take fruit from them. That's a rabbinic stringency because of a minute uh, Probability, a minute percentage that doesn't, that's not careful. But roiv people are careful. Therefore, when it comes to Shemitah, you're not let to be involved because you're helping them do an Avera. But when it comes to Trumas and Isis, it's fine. Why? Because the majority of them have been careful with Trumas and Isis. This thing is a concern of a small percentage. Ah, no, a miut, a miut, we're not concerned. So therefore, we're lenient. So according to Abaya, we're talking more lenient with Trumas and Mises because right people separate Trumas and Mises properly. Therefore, you don't have to be concerned. That's Abaya's take. Rava has a different answer. Let me say Rava outside, then we'll see it inside. The Kashi is again. It says by Shemitah, you're not allowed to grind Shemitah fruit with the woman who's not careful Shemitah because you're facilitating in the Avera. But by Trumpa, by Namaretz, which means you're not careful Trumas and Mises, it's fine. What's the Pshat? Abaya says because most people are careful Trumas and Mises. Rabbi says, no, 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 no. When it says Amaretz, it doesn't actually mean Trumas and Mises. Generally, when you hear Amaretz in Gemara, it means someone who's not careful Trumas and Mises. Says Rabbi, that's not the Pshat. There's an opinion of Rameir. Rameir had a different definition of Amaretz. Rameir felt that Amaretz is not someone who's not careful Trumas and Mises. 
the Amaratzim were careful with Shemus Amaratzim. Rav Meir says the definition of Amaratz in the viewpoint of Rav Meir is someone who's not careful with Tum and Tahara, meaning there were people that were makbid, many people were makbid to have their chulin, their non-truma. You see, Tum and Tahara can affect a couple of things biblically and some things rabbinically, right? If I'm a Kayan and I touch uh, truma when I'm Tame, that is a biblical transfer of Tuma. That's a biblical problem. If I have uh, if I have Chala, which is Kadosh, which is meant for the Kayan, and I touch it, that I'm spreading Tuma on a biblical level. However, if I have Chulin, yeah, I have apples. I'm a non-Kayan, I have apples, but I'm careful that I eat my apples on Tahara purposes. Just to be more careful with Tahara, it's called Chulin Atahara Sakaydish. I'm Makbir for Chulin to be careful. And I and I make it tameh. According to most opinions, that is a rabbinic issue. That is not a biblical problem because it doesn't matter. Not to say that it's not a biblical tuma, but there's no problem of spreading tuma because who cares? I'm not a kayan anyway. So says our mayor. The case is. The case is Rava Omar. Rava says, the case of the Mishnah where you're allowed to be involved with someone when he's an Amaretz, you're actually allowed to prepare the food with them. I, why aren't, why, how is this different than my, than Shemitah? The answer is, we're talking about an Amaretz of Rav Meir, who is careful with the laws of Trumas and Maisris, and his observance of the laws of Tum and Tahara is a rabbinic requirement. Therefore, what's the problem? I'm going to make, he's going to make it Tomei, and I'm helping him eat things in a state of Tumah. But who cares? This whole thing is only rabbinic. So I'm not going to be, for peace purposes, I'm not going to be that makbid when the whole issue is rabbinic. It's not like he's a kayan and he's eating truma that's tummy. It's not like he's a kayan and he's eating challah that's tummy. Those are biblical problems. This is a guy who decided he wants to eat chulin. He wants to, it's chulin that's going to be tar. The truth is, it's not even a guy who wants to. This is just stam chulin. He's an amaretz. The point is, this is regular chulin. It's apples. So he's so so you're spreading tumma on apples. So what? So that's a rabbinic problem. So because it's a rabbinic problem, you're allowed to facilitate um, to avoid uh, machloksim. Now, yeah, um, the Gemara continues. Where is this opinion of Rav Meir? Yeah, um, the Gemara says Detanya. What's the definition of tahara? It's anyone who does not eat chulin in a state of tahara. Oh, so therefore, according to Rava, this is how you're supposed to read the Mishnah. You're not allowed to, to actually prepare the food of Shemitah with someone who's not careful with Shemitah because that's a biblical problem. That's a biblical issue of them eating it. And because it's teraisa, even if it will cause a fight. But then the Mishnah said, but if you have a person who's Amaretz, and again, that means someone who's careful with Trumas and Maises, but they're not careful with Tumah Tahara, so by them preparing food with them, you're spreading Tumah on Chulin, that's fine, because that the whole thing is only a rabbinic issue, that's a rabbinic problem, and for peace, we're going we're gonna to allow it. Now, here's the issue. Go to the next step in the Mishnah. So that's what Rav says. So Maiser, Trumas and Maises, I'm sorry, Shemitah is a problem because Elifne Iver, then when it says Amaretz, it means that you're allowed to do it for peace. It's talking about where they're careful with Shemus and Mises, but they're not careful with Tumat But then what was the next line in the Mishnah? The next line in the Mishnah was, 
But once the wife of the Amaris adds water to the flower, now it's a problem of Tumah Tahara. You're telling me that when it's fine, when it's Amaretz, it means that they're not careful with Tumah Tahara, and it's fine because the whole Tumah Tahara is only their Abonah. But then the next line of the Mishnah says, yeah, but once water is added to the mixture, now it could become Tameh, now it's a problem. You just got finished saying that we're talking about Tumatara, meaning the way you read the Mishnah like Abaya, this is how you read it. It's very simple. Shemitah no good. Trumas and Meisters is fine to actually prepare with them, even if they're not careful, because most people are careful with Trumas and Meisters. So even though I'm Aretz, it's fine. But once they start adding water, now you get Tumatara involved, Tumatara no good. So Trumas and Meisters, good. Tumatara no good. Fine. But according to Rabbi, there is no Trumas and Meisters. Shemitah is no good. Then when it says Amaratsim, which is fine, is talking about people that are not careful with Tumatara. And then it says, that's fine. And then it says, yeah, but once she adds water, now there's Tumatara issues. Now it's no good. You just got finished saying Tumatara is fine. Well, what's going on over here? The Gemara says, Amitani Seifa, But then the Mishnah immediately says, once she adds water to the flower and the flower is now susceptible to Tumatara, now you can't help her. Why? Because, oh, now you're dealing with Tumatara. But you just got finished saying that Tumatara is fine. But then you're saying it's not fine. Well, what's going on over here? So the Gemara says, this is the Pshat. Pshat is like this. Um, the Gemara says, Reisha v'seva b'tumatara. The truth is, the entire case of the, the second case of the Mishnah is talking about tumatara. I, it says it's fine, but then it says it's not fine. The answer is very simple. Reisha b'tumas chulin v'seva b'tumachala. The answer is very simple. This is how you're supposed to read the Mishnah. A woman who's Amaratu does not keep the laws of, of Tumatahara properly. You're allowed to prepare her food when the food is just grain, apples, it's chulin. When, but then the Mishnah says, but if she adds water, it's a problem. That means if she needs a dough. Adding water meaning making a dough. Because once she makes a dough, now you're talking about challah. Challah is Kaddish. If you're metama challah, that's a biblical problem. It's a big biblical, a biblical prohibition. To, to, to make it tummy and to consume it. So because now it's one, so the Mishnah means Tumatahara the whole time. I it says it's mutter, then it says it's also the answer is you're right. When you do Mukhulin, then it's mutter. When you do Khala, then it's not mutter. That's how you're supposed to read the Mishnah. Okay? Fine. Now uh, Okay. Here's the problem. According to Rava, you're allowed, just to summarize, according to Rava, if you have a person who's not careful with the laws of Tumatahara and they prepare chulin, that's fine. If it's chala or truma, which is a biblical prohibition to contaminate, not fine. But if it's chulin, which the whole requirement of it being tahar is only rabbinic, then it's fine. So according to Rava, chulin may be prepared, chulin, uh, that's, that's tamay, uh, chulin that will come tamay, may be prepared with an amaretz, because for peace purposes. Hold on one second. What is happening? You guys hear that? That was weird. Is that better now? Okay, so it says the Gemara, for many, I have a contradiction, go to the next page. The contradiction says like this, you're allowed to grind and I'm I I'm me, I grind grain and then I leave it by someone to watch. 
Eitzel Eichlis Shvius. I'm allowed to leave it with people that are not careful with the laws of Shemitah. Ve'Eitzel Eichel Perisayim B'Tuma, and I'm allowed to leave it with someone that eats their um, that eats stuff in a state of Tuma. Meaning, I'm not concerned that they're going to touch my stuff. So the first halacha is very simple, that I'm allowed, I'm careful with everything, I grind, and then I'm asking them to watch it for me. That's fine, because we're not concerned that they're going to eat it or touch it. So far, so good. But you're not allowed to grind grain for those that eat Shemitah improperly. This from the Mishnah, that if someone's not careful with the laws of Shemitah, you can't grind it with them, because that's lift naiver. And you're not allowed to grind it for someone who does not keep the laws of Tumah Tahara. But wait a minute, I thought according to Rava, again, the Mishnah, this Bryce has two halachas. I'm allowed to leave my stuff with those people that are not careful with Shemitah, not careful with Tumah Tahara, because they're not going to touch my stuff. Fine. But then it says, what about not forgetting... Forget about asking them to watch it, grinding it with them. So if they're not careful with the Shemitah, I cannot grind with them. That's from the Mishnah. Then it says if I'm not, if they're not careful with Tumatara, it's also a problem. I thought Rava said that Tumatara is fine. Rava just got finished interpreting the Mishnah that if people are not careful with Tumatara and it's cool and it's fine. Over here it says, You're not allowed to grind to prepare food for those people that are not careful with Tumatara. So is it a fine or is it not fine? So the Gemara says, The case of this Braisa, where it says you're not allowed to prepare food with those people that are not careful with Tumatara, is talking about a Kayan, and it's talking about Truma. So you're not allowed to prepare food that's Truma with a Kayan who's not careful with the laws of Tumatara because you're actually spreading Tumatara. So therefore, again, Rava's still right that when it comes to Chulin, which is a rabbinic Tuma, you could prepare it with someone for peaceful purposes. I, the Brysa says, no good. The Brysa is talking specifically regarding. Uh, Truma, regarding Truma, a Koyan who's Choshed al Truma, so you're talking about Truma with a Koyan who's not careful, which is potentially an Issa der Reisa. So this Brisa, which again had two halachas, one is you're allowed to store food by someone who's not careful with Tumatara, but you're not allowed to prepare it with them, that's talking about a Koyan who's not careful with the laws of Truma, because Truma that becomes Tame is der Reisa. That's the Gemara's answer. Wait a minute, so you're telling me this Brisa is talking about a Koyan specifically. And when it says there's two steps, two parts of the Bryce, the second part, which is makes a lot of sense, that you're not allowed to prepare food with him because uh, he's not careful with the laws of Tumatara and Truma becoming Tamiz Deraisa, so that's Lifne Iver. Okay, what about the first part of the Bryce? I'm allowed to leave food by him. Uh, we're not worried that he's going to touch it. The problem is if it's Taka Truma and I leave my Truma by a Kayan, we should be concerned he's going to touch it. Meaning, you're reinterpreting this b'risa that it's talking about a koyin and truma. So the second part makes a lot of sense. He's not allowed to prepare food. You're not allowed to prepare food with him because that's an isadaraisa. What about the first part of the b'risa? You're allowed to leave food by him and you're not worried he's going to touch it. If it's truma and a koyin, you should not be allowed. The halacha is that kehadim are so comfortable with truma that if I leave my truma by a koyin, we are concerned he's going to touch it. So if it is a Kayin, if it's talking about Truma, and a Kayin who's not careful the laws of Tumatara, I should not be allowed to leave it by him. So you're telling me the Bryce is talking about Truma and a Kayin who's not careful with the laws of Tumatara, then why am I allowed to leave it by him? Gemara says, Yachi, Mafkid, and if you're telling me the Bryce refers to a Kayin, then why am I allowed to leave my grain with him and assume he's not going to touch it? Or many have a contradiction. It says, Mafkidin, Truma, Eitzel, Yisrael, Amaretz, I'm allowed to leave my Truma with a Yisrael, even if he's not careful to lose the Tumatara because he won't touch it. But you cannot leave your Truma with a Kayin. 
Neshali by Gaspa, because the halacha is that Kehanim are so comfortable with Tum and Tahara, Kehanim are so comfortable with Truma, I'm sorry, they'll touch it. So if you're telling me that we're talking about a case of a Kayan, and it's Truma, so why is it allowed for me to leave it deposit by him? I should be concerned he's going to touch it. So the Gemara says, You're right, we're talking about a case where you wrap the Truma up in a, in a vessel that's uh, an earthenware vessel that's very covered. So he can't touch it. That's why you're allowed to leave it by him. Really, the Bryce is talking about a Kayan and Truma, and the Kayan is not careful with those of the so He can't prepare the food with him because that's a biblical prohibition. But you're allowed to leave the food by him because even if he wants to touch it, he can't. It's covered. The Gemara says, wait a minute. If it's Taka Kayan and it's Truma and it's someone who's not careful with those of it can become a problem even if it's sealed. How so? If his wife is a Nida, she picks it up. The halacha is that if a woman is Nida, picks up an item, even if she doesn't touch it, it makes a tummy. So if you're telling me that it's a Kayan, and it's someone who's not careful of the laws of that I shouldn't be allowed to leave with him fruit at all. Why? Because, because his wife will touch it. His wife will pick it up. Even if it's sealed, she'll pick it up. And that's a problem. So the Gemara says, So you know what Rav Yirmiya says? Very simple. The case, really it's talking about Truma. And we're talking about a Kayin who's not careful. Wait a minute, so why does the Bryce say I could leave stuff by him, but another Bryce says I can't deposit stuff by him because he's going to touch it? The answer is, has the fruit ever gotten wet before? If the fruit got wet so it's susceptible to Toma, then you can't leave it by a coin because he's going to touch it. The Bryce that says you're allowed to leave it by him is talking about a case where the fruit had never gotten wet, so it's not susceptible to Toma, therefore you're allowed to leave it by a coin. Okay, so there's a distinction about whether it ever got wet. If it got wet, you can't leave it by him. If it never did, then it's fine. Or many have a different contradiction. Same question, same answer. If I bring wheat to a, a kuti, and, and the kuti is the one who grinds it, or to an amaret who grinds it, we assume that they remain in their original status. Meaning, if I bring grain to a kuti or to an amaret, we assume that whatever grain I brought is the same grain that I'm t- picking up. We assume that he didn't swap it out. So for the laws of Meiser and Shemitah, it, it's, if, I, if I brought it uh, without separating Meiser, I have to separate Meiser again. Meaning we assume that he didn't, whatever you gave him, he, he didn't swap out. If you give him five pounds of grain and you pick up five grounds of milled grain, we assume it's the same grain that you brought. Avaloi but not when it comes to Tuma, meaning we are concerned he touched it. It's the same question. You're telling me that you're allowed to leave fruit by a Kayin, who's not careful with the laws of Trumas and Isis. You're allowed to leave fruit. We're not concerned that he's going to touch it. And you're allowed to leave uh, stuff by... Uh, yeah, you're allowed to leave fruit by a Kayin when he's not... And even though he's not careful with the laws of, of Tumatara, you're allowed to leave fruit by him. But over here, it says we're concerned that people are going to touch it. So are we concerned or not? So same answer. Hamai Romeo, what's the question? The answer is very simple. We're talking about a case where the fruit never got wet. If it never got wet, then you could leave it by him. If it got wet, you're not allowed to leave it by him. Simple question, simple answer. So the Gemara says, The truth is, it's such a simple question. Why are you even asking it? We already answered this, that when the Bryce says you're allowed to leave fruit by a Kayan who's an Amaretz, to watch, and we're not going to say he's going to touch it, it's talking about a case where the fruit never got wet, so it's not susceptible to Tumah. So you had a question, you have an answer, same question, same answer, why do you have to ask it again? So the Gemara says, The truth is, you're right. It's a very obvious question, very obvious answer. The only reason why we brought the second Bryce is because we wanted to expound on the second Bryce. This Bryce says the following. The Bryce said that if I bring wheat 
to a kuti, or if I bring wheat to an amaoretz, we assume they touched it, fair, so for Tumatara purposes it will be a problem, but we assume that for Meiser and Shemitah, whatever I bring him, I'm getting back. Meaning, we are not concerned that they're going to swap out. So if I bring five pounds of grain, and I ask the kuti or the amarts to grind it, and I pick up the next day five pounds of ground grain, we assume that the material that I brought is what I'm picking up. They take it, they grind it, they give it back. They don't swap it out. Here's the problem. And we're not concerned that people are going to exchange whatever you give them is what you're picking up. Or many have a contradiction. The contradiction, this is why it was brought down, because we wanted to make this contradiction. The bright, this is a contradiction from a Mishnah. The Mishnah in Demai says, Let's say you give dough to your mother-in-law to make. So you give her all the materials, and you ask her to, to make dough for you. Meiser, and this is talking about a woman who's not particular with the laws of Trimus and Meisers. The halacha is, Meiser you have to give Meiser, you have to separate Meiser before you, before you give her the materials. But you have to do Meiser again when you take it back from her. Why? Because we're afraid that she exchanged it. Meaning, I'm giving her 10 pounds of dough. And I want her to make bread for me. The halach is that before I give her the dough, I have to separate trumas and meisers uh, from the grain. I have to separate trumas and meisers because she's not careful and there's a chance that she's going to exchange it for her own. We want to make sure she's not eating trumas and meisers. I have to separate trumas and meisers. Then when I pick up the materials, I have to do it again. Why? Because perhaps the dough that I gave her is not the dough that I'm picking up. Because maybe while she was preparing, some of it got ruined. So she threw that out, took some grain from her own house, made more dough, so what do you see? The fact that I have to take shrimps and maizes on both ends, because I'm afraid that the dough that I gave her is not the dough that I'm picking up. You see that people swap it out. So you're telling me that people will touch the dough, but they won't swap it out. They won't exchange it. The materials you gave is the materials you're picking up. Over here, the, we're concerned that the materials I gained is not the, mater, uh, gave is not the materials I picked up. We're, we're concerned that if I asked her to make 10 pounds of dough and I give her 10 pounds of materials, halfway through a couple pounds got ruined. She threw that out, took some from her pantry. So you see that we are concerned that there's swapping out. So are we concerned or not? So the Gemara says, Hasam kidiktani taima. Over there it's different. Right? The difference is, in general, people are not concerned about swapping out. They're not going to swap out. The mother-in-law is different. She wants her daughter to be happy and she's embarrassed from her son-in-law. So over there, there's a chance that she'll swap out because what will happen? You ask her to prepare 10 pounds of dough. The average person is not swapping out. What you give her is what you're getting. But over here it's different. She's preparing the dough and one pound is not so good. So if it was the average person, she would just give it back. Say, That's what you gave me. There is no concern of swapping out. But because this is her daughter and her son-in-law, she wants her daughter happy and she wants her son-in-law to be impressed. Then if she sees one pound of dough that's not good, she's going to throw that out. Get one pound of good dough from her pantry. That's why there's a concern. It's dafka by a mother-in-law there's a concern of swapping out as opposed to any other relationship. The Gemara says, one more kasha, uh, two more kashas, two more answers. In general, we're not concerned that people swapping out materials. Wait a minute. Hanois and Pundakis, if you have a, 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 a Tamil Chacham, they would stay at someone's house. So they have a Tamil Chacham who's staying at an innkeeper. He gives her dough to bake. Master Shunois, love is Master Shunois, Again, he has to separate Maisa before he gives it to her, and when he gets it back, because it might be a separate dough. So what do you see? She might exchange it. So you see, people do exchange it. This is not a mother-in-law. This is an innkeeper. So the Gemara says, no. Over there, she'll find a reason to exchange it. In general, people don't exchange. But over there, it's different. Why? She'll say, What if she, when she's preparing the dough, 
it's not as good. It's cold, it's not as good. This is a Tabal Chacham. She has, she's not learned, but she has respect for Tami Bechachamim. She says to herself, I have better dough in my pantry. Let the rabbi get better dough. So the reason why she would exchange, generally we're not concerned about exchanging, but in that case with the innkeeper, and the Tamil Chacham is staying by the innkeeper, we are concerned that she'll exchange it because she wants the Tamil Chacham to get good stuff. So if she realizes that the dough that she's preparing is not as good as the dough she has in her pantry, she would take exchange it. But in general, we're not concerned about exchange. One last halacha. We're not concerned about exchanging. Then Amaretz will exchange dough. They'll touch it, but they won't exchange. Or mini Vadanya, I have a brisa. Aishas chaver tichanes and aishas Amaretz. Okay, you have a, a woman who's careful with the laws of trumas and meisers. She's grinding together with an Amaretz who's not careful. Now, the, the reason why I guess we'll have to we're not going to go through all the details of why this is permitted, but why aren't we concerned that the woman who's careful? will just take some of this and put it in her mouth. Like, sip. Maybe, why, why aren't we concerned that she's going to put a little bit in her mouth? She's grinding with someone. She's grinding, she's helping the Amaretz prepare her food by turning the milk. The Amaretz's food is not fit for her, so why aren't we concerned that she'll take a little bit and put it in her mouth? So says the Gemara, Bismanshi she could only do this when she's Tameh. Because when she's Tameh, when a woman is uh, careful of the laws of Tumatar, when they're Tameh, they make sure not to put anything in their mouth because they're Tameh. So when she's Tameh, she could do it because she's not going to take some of the woman's food and put it in her mouth. But when she's tar and she's accustomed to sipping food, when she's preparing it, she can't touch it because she's going to eat her friend's food. Says says, even when she's tummy, she should not grind it with her. Why? I she's tummy, she won't put food in her mouth. go the next page. Because we're afraid that the friend, the Amaaretz, will give her some food. So you don't have to be concerned. We're not concerned that she's going to sip on her own, but the, the Amaaretz is going to say, hey, you got to taste this. Come taste this. Take some of this grain. Come taste And that's a concern. Now the question is like this. Okay, it makes a lot of sense. What do you see from here? You have a woman who's preparing grain with an Amaretz. We're concerned that the Amaretz will take some of the food and feed the Chavar. When she does this, you know what she's doing? She's stealing from her husband. Again, the grain belongs to the Amaretz. She asks her friend who's a Rebetzin to prepare food with her. The Allah is the, the friend may prepare it as we said in the Mishnah. Because Rav Amaretz and Masim, hey, whatever it is. So they can prepare it together. Says Roshim you can't do it. Why? Because even when she's Tameh, we're afraid that Tameh will take some of the materials, that's hers, put it on a spoon, and feed it to the, oh, you got to taste this, you try it, it's amazing. Fine. When she does this, she's stealing from her husband, because it belongs to her husband. So an Amaretz is willing to steal from her husband to feed her friend. You don't think she would exchange? This is someone who's not so scrupulous with the laws of of Geneva, Hashem Ignev Ganev. If the wife Amaretz would steal from her husband to give some grain to her friend, Chalufi Lemichlova, you don't think she would exchange? So the Gemara says, no. Amrav Yasef, Hasam Nami, Moriv Amr. No, a woman would not exchange materials. If you give an Amaretz 10 pounds of grain, she's giving you the same 10 pounds back. I should be willing to feed her friend, and that's Geneva. She's going to say to herself, one with this, the answer she rationalized over there, she says it's not stealing. She's helping me prepare. I'm paying her in a little bit of food. So she is careful with exchanging. She would never steal. I, she's willing to feed her friend, which is Geneva. The answer is it's not Geneva. She rationalizes her friend who helped her. She deserves a little bit of food. So because she does that, that's considered not Geneva, and therefore there's no problem, and there's no concern in general of exchanging it. I will stop here, and as I mentioned before, I'm going to be back uh, to give Daf uh, in person on Thursday. All right, have a good day, guys.
two for a second.